You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 310. Woo-hoo! It'd be so easy if I had you. I'd not be wasting all this time. Thinking about love we shared for a little while. I should go crazy, I just fall apart. Something to distract my mind. episode that that really knocked you in the nuts mm-hmm. but um so i knew something was going to happen and and i was i i was in thr- i was just you know i'm like oh cool you know it's a wedding and it's standing other and and as soon as it happened i was just i was i wasn't one of the pillow biters that they captured on on television but i i was it the wind was definitely knocked out of me you said pillow biter i did because you know why because Peter Dinklage was on uh, the Daily Show this week, and oh. and in and, and um, to talk about the upcoming season, and and when um, they were talking, he and John Stewart were talking about you know people's reactions to the Red Wedding, and Dinklage brought up you know I I understood you know a lot of people's reactions, but I didn't I didn't quite understand the you know, I, I didn't get the pillow biters. He goes I like oh, the pillow funny. biters, <laughs> and John Stewart says we'll put that on the poster. Peter Dinklage likes the pillow biters, and and so that's. that's funny. That is funny. That's uh, whoever uh, uh, whoever was on Daily Show last night. Uh, he wrote the uh, this book about the uh, the bulk traders. It's the Flash Boys. Oh yeah, about how the yeah. uh, stock market is rigged. Uh, have you read that, Jason? I, I haven't read it, but I am. Sure it's quite, quite the talk. Yeah, it has been quite the talk this week. Uh, I, I'm. I know. I know of Katsuyama, who's the. Um, He's the, for all intents and purposes, I, w- I don't want to say he's the star of the of the book, but he's one of the main protagonists. He's been all over CNBC, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the head uh, HFT firms was due to come public yesterday, and they pulled the plug on it for now because really? of all the feedback virtue. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, ha- high frequency trading is very real. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it it is not as cut and dry. As I think some would have people believe this week that it's illegal or stealing, um, it is most certainly uh, an advantage that some firms have that others don't. But it's really not clear to me, even though it's an advantage we don't have because we're not an HFT firm, um, it's not clear to me that it's illegal. It's it's really the modern-day incarnation of what the stock market's always been about, which is about having an edge. You know, people forget that the reason that people put brokers and traders on the exchange floor was so that they would have that same edge, that they would be able to make trades faster than anybody else. And then, quote, systems evolved where people could get real-time quotes on their offices and make actions. And then they started getting preferable 
treatment by having analysts and firms call them with information as soon as it hit if they traded more. These kinds of things have always existed and really but are now, never but now, go but, away. but now it's it's existing at the you know thousandths of a second. Right, level. nanoseconds, yeah. that's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, which yes. makes sense. So so welcome to uh to Finance Cast, <laughs> right, everyone. Yes, I'm um, yeah, Vince is probably losing his mind. Uh, no, this, would, th- anyway. this would never happen with Vince on, on staff. Uh, it, anyway, this is actually 11 o'clock comics and, uh, and Vince is not here this, uh, this week. So that sound that you just heard is, uh, is millions of, uh, iPods turning, no, maybe a couple hundred, uh, iPods <laughs> turning off, uh, at once. But, uh, I'm Christopher Neesman. You are Christopher Neesman, and, and thank you for doing the heavy lifting this week. I am David Price. Yes, you are, and coming at you like a nightmare. I am Floyd Lawton. Mm. <laughs> I know who that is. A.K.A. Deadshot. Word. Nice. Well, yeah, that's interesting because I uh, was just watching Arrow. and Don't say anything because I, I had to stop it. Ten minutes into the, the before the end of the episode, so it's, don't say shit. It's it's really good, but but I've been hearing from people who are not comic book fans mm-hmm. that Shield has gotten pretty flipping good, and I'm I may have to uh, after the season I may have to go back and revisit it. So I've, I'm hearing this uh, the dead or uh, 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 the Deathlock stuff is pretty cool. It is. Yeah, so gonna gonna take a look. Uh, but uh, I was watching Arrow tonight and it was unfortunately interrupted about halfway through with uh with an update on what's going on down in Fort Hood. And so before we get uh, uh too deep into this episode I just wanna say that uh, our thoughts and prayers are with the uh with the families and, and everyone stationed at Fort Hood. That's uh more you know, just you know, five years after a uh, pretty horrific event, something uh something else pretty pretty heinous going on down there. So uh so our thoughts and prayers with everybody there. You're here. Yep. And you are not Floyd Lawton. And you are not Floyd <laughs> Lawton. You are Jason Wood. Yes. And also our financial expert, as we were talking about uh, um, uh, from the Daily Show, the uh, the book uh, Flash Boys, and talking about uh, uh, hedge fund and, and high volume traders and, and technology and all that kind of hedge stuff. Hedge fund by day, mercenary assassin by night. That's, this is true. That's, this a, that's is a good true. comic book idea. I like that. Yeah. There's some. Yeah. There's some crazy uh, uh, corporate business. Um, stuff going on in Arrow this week. It's, yes. uh, so uh, I think some people finally showing their true colors. And if you've been, if been keeping up with the show, you can uh, probably easily guess what uh, what and who that is. Uh, so anyway, before we uh, before we get too much deeper here. I want to remind everyone that this episode of 11 O'Clock Comics is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. That's right, it's DCB Service. They've been with us since episode one, I think, and uh, and we have been with them actually longer than that. They are uh, the best source that you can uh, that you can find for your discounted comic books, all your pre-orders of uh, you know get the. It's so easy. You go in, you order your books uh, ahead of time. You get great discounts. They send them to you in great shape. And you know, I've I've had experiences where I'll order stuff from uh, from in stock trades or discount comic book service, and just the care in the packaging is so amazing. 
and I may forget something, and I'll be like, oh, you know what, I'll just order through Amazon, and more times than not, I'll get something from Amazon, and the corners are all dinged up, and it's a, it's a hardcover that I actually want, and it comes in condition that just kind of makes me wince, and I've never, ever, ever had that problem with uh, DCBS or in-stock trades. They take a lot of care in their packaging, so if you're interested in getting not just comics, but comics that are delivered to you in great shape, they are without a doubt the the best in the biz and uh this is the the first of the month so we have new orders coming up and jason i know that uh, i know that there's a comic that we wanted to make people extra special uh aware of it's one that we've been looking forward to since it was announced what a, a year ago uh well the last image the the, the last image expo the, the one well, i don't know if it's the last but yes the one that was uh, some time ago, it's been talked. So, th- this book has been talked about for yeah. A long time. yeah. J- Jason Aaron, who I think, if memory serves, was my favorite writer three of the last four years in the Eleven O'Clockers, and Jason Latour, who is both a fantastic writer and, in this case, a fantastic cartoonist, are partnered up to do Southern Bastards, and we were fortunate enough uh, to receive an earlier advanced review copy. Uh, of which I read today, and both Latour's art and Aaron's plot and dialogue were spot on. This is going to be, I think, in the same vein of Scalped, nice. with a bit more humor thrown in. It's 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 a crime, real-life book set in the South. It's going to be ultra-violent. Uh, it's going to be witty, and I enjoyed the hell out of the first issue. I don't want to get too much into the plot because I think that's probably breaking. I I think for most people all you have to do is say, you know, Jason Aaron and in the same vein as Scalped and that's going to get a lot of people that uh, that hopefully even if they weren't reading that series when it came out or as it came out have become hip to it sense and realize that it's it's one of the best series of the of the last decade yeah. and that uh, with Jason Latour I think that that his uh, his star has certainly been rising for a mm-hmm. while. I mean he was he was one of the best kept secrets around comics for for several years. I mean he was a he was a kind of a creator's creator. It's like mo- all the creators knew how talented sure, this sure. guy was mm-hmm. and so now you know, really, really showing, um, showing some some mad skills out there. So, um, super excited the, about that. So, uh, the, uh, the the book, book comes uh, out mm-hmm. April thirtieth, if I'm not mistaken. But this is for you pre-order folks out there. It is final order cutoff on Monday, which means that you still have time to pre-order the book if you haven't done so. Uh, I know some folks don't pre-order, and that's fine. You do what you need to do. But for those of you that do, it definitely helps matters. And again, uh, I know Jason Aaron has a, a big name, and deservedly so. But but any book of this type can use your support. So, uh, and, and and another thing, I know a lot of folks out there feel somewhat overwhelmed at times by the sheer number of new series that Image puts out each month because they are very prolific these days. Uh, and I can say that we don't necessarily talk about all of them, but we do read most of them, uh, at least the the early issues. And, and while in general the quality is excellent, uh, I can definitely say that in, in my humble opinion of the many number ones that have been touted from Image in the last six to eight months, this is certainly one of the two or three that I think uh, I've been most excited about personally and I think will 
be worth your attention. So get those pre-orders in this week after you listen to the show if you haven't already. Yep. Done, done, done. And, uh, yeah, DCBS, they're great. Their sister company, InStockTrades.com, is awesome. Um, so use them. They love comics and, and will take care of you. So, And I'm going to sneeze in a second. Nice. So, so David, lead us off with the uh, drink roll call. Why sneeze here? Put it on mute. I... Um, uh, I figured since it was just the three of us that um, just the three of us. I figured. Oh uh, no, it's the Menage a Trois. I can you feel it. Got it, baby. I can feel Nicely it. Nicely done. We uh, there Which, was. Um, I could feel that hand on my knee. That's it, baby. <laughs> uh, Jason, I got Eiffel Tower. So the uh, it's it's <laughs> um there's yeah we uh have to make some stops on the way home tonight. Found a new. Uh, liquor store, Cork, New York, uh, smack dab in the middle of this strip mall, pretty big storefront. And, uh, so I was wandering around and see what they had. And, uh, Menage a was one of the bottles I left with. And, uh, it, it just, it called to me cause I knew that, um, without Vince that there would only be three of us tonight. So there you go. And there we have nicely it. done, sir. Very nice. Uh, Jason, how about you? I too am drinking the grape. I am not, however, drinking Menage a Trois. I am drinking something that I have mentioned several times in 2014 on the show, which is an Italian varietal called Tosca, T-O-S-C-A. It's kind of taken over for Close de los Siete as our main go-to house wine. Oh, nice. So it's become the, the, the constant in our, in our little uh, pocket of the world. Of the world. Well, very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually drinking um, a little grape earlier, but uh, I was looking in the the old beer cooler, and I got to start getting rid of my uh, my winter beers because, damn it, spring's going to get here at some point, right? Yes, yes indeed. sir. Right? So say. Eventually, that's, that's, it's a rumor. Eventually, because it was <laughs> like. 35 degrees today and sucked. But um, uh, I'm finishing off uh, my new Glarus Snowshoe, which is uh, is one of their their brown ales, and it is uh, it is a great uh, a, a great winter ale. But uh, it's it's not like a, a stout, so you can drink it uh, drink it into the into the spring is fine. Especially you know, springs in Chicago. I've I love my town. I think it's the greatest city in the world. You guys know that. Um, <laughs> Summer is is the best. Summer in Chicago, there is absolutely nothing like it in the world. It is amazing. Falls, I love fall. Fall is my favorite time of year here, especially as the, as the leaves start to change and it's a beautiful Midwestern fall. Winter, winter is fine. It's, it is a winter wonderland. Spring fucking sucks. <laughs> Spring sucks balls because it never, ever, ever ends, and you just want to end up shooting yourself in the head. And uh, uh, a little snowshoe helps me get through that. So I'm having from uh, from Nuclearis because I was up curling in uh, uh, at Wauwatosa uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, and was able to pick up some snowshoe, and it's a yummy one. So there you go. There's your drink roll call. Yes, sir. Um, you know, we we started off talking. Uh, uh, about finance, and then uh, and then Arrow. Do we haven't really talked about Arrow much this year? Not much this season. No. Do we want to? Because I'm not sure if. Well, I know Jason was going to watch the first season once it wrapped up, mm-hmm. 
and I don't know if Jason is current with the second season. Well, did you watch the? Did you watch all the first season, Jason? Uh, I am no. I I, I actually watched the, the tail end of the first season, and then started with this second season as it was mm-hmm. coming okay. out. But admittedly, I think I'm probably seven, eight episodes behind. Okay. That's so, right. but but I say that with the caveat that you guys can by all means get into a discussion. In fact, I was going to suggest it for two reasons. One, because Vince isn't here. And two, because as I teased last week, I read almost two years worth of Lemire and Sorrentino's Green Arrow comic this week up through issue 28, which I believe is the most recent issue. Uh, if not, then 29. Wow, well, I, I do want to hear about that. It's, and and I have to say, having seen, with the show. Yeah. yeah, having seen probably six to eight episodes of the TV show, there's clearly a lot of parallels between the comic and the TV show. That's what but not be. with, but not with with impunity. It's it's not it's not a it's not as though they're just simply turning the Green Hour comic into uh, right. a comic book about the show. There are aspects that are much that are closely aligned to the show, as I understand it. But they are definitely more. Uh, it, it's almost as, as though the Oliver Queen that's been in the comics for most of the time is one universe. The TV show is a second universe, mm-hmm. and the comic is some amalgam of those two universes together. If that makes sense. So yeah, why don't you guys cool. chat about the show, and then maybe I can chat about the comic. Well, you know, we'll, we'll try and make it as, as spoiler-free as possible. And, and honestly, I mean, a lot has happened this year. But then again, it's it. I don't think if you know there hasn't been anything like super revolutionary. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's you know, uh, some people know about about. Ollie's alter ego that that didn't before, and the right. the, the team is expanding, and it, it's one of the things I love about the show, and they've done it from the beginning, is the amount of little Easter eggs and drops that they put into it is really thick. I mean, you have to. It, it is almost like a Tom Cater's Mark Wade esque level of of minutia in some of this sometimes, and David catches more of it than I do. The, the, the episode titled Suicide Squad had me, it, if my whole body, it was just, every time something <laughs> happened, I, I shuddered. It was just, it went, almost every scene, something happened where I, I, I just squeed inside. It was, it was a phenomenal episode. And um, this was the season that they introduced Barry Allen, and um and it, it there's just been there really hasn't been any like filler episodes but they do let you catch your breath yeah, and, yeah. but but it's always advancing the story and you talk about, you, now you talk about suicide squad that is probably my only criticism of the show right now and a lot of it is because i know it's a cw show and there is I think there's this this idea and this expectation that just about every character on that on any CW show needs to be like a, a, a GQ, uh, you know, Vogue model. The, it, there's a look on on the uh, on this network that everyone has to be really pretty. <laughs> Amanda Waller 
is not supposed to look like that. Exactly. No, and I, I agree with that. That's the new 52 Amanda Waller. I get why they did that. And, it's and the actually, wall! And, her, and, 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 her name is the wall! Well, <laughs> I will, I will when, when this episode is, is posted and we have the thread for it, I will put a link to John Ostrander's mm. art, uh, column from comicmix.com where he talks about uh, the new Amanda Waller and, and how you love seeing your kid. I mean, and, and he knows that this is this is a property that I created or co-created mm-hmm. and is owned by DC. So DC, Warner Brothers, they can do whatever they want with the character. And you do like seeing your, your children grow and, and, and mm-hmm. um, have a life of their own. But he says something is missing when she doesn't look like the way she did when I created her. And, and, and I, I definitely get that. And that is one of when, when we read the first issue of Suicide Squad, that was one of the biggest problems I had with that issue when they introduced Amanda Waller. And, and I, I was vocal and, and I, I was not a fan of the new look. And, and I get. No, I mean, I'm a fan the, of the new look and that she's a really attractive you know, woman, you know, it's, yeah, she's really, and she's hot, but it's but not, it's supposed to be, it's not she's, the wall. I mean, the wall right, was, exactly. she's, she's a force and it's, so. Yeah. She backs Batman into a corner. Yes. That cover of Suicide Squad by Jerry Bingham, where she is in Batman's face and he is against the wall. Mm-hmm. He just, I mean, well, between two walls, he just, I mean, that is, that's Amanda Waller to yeah. me. And. Well, it's one of the things in the... uh, uh, And she's too skinny. Well, the the Justice League uh, cartoon. I mean, they... That was perfect. They nailed nailed that character. And I think that that you actually just kind of hit the nail on the head as well, is that in in this, she's too young. But then again, everyone in every CW series is too yes, young. That's true. But that you know, that's just that's just the the network. But yeah, there's no way that anyone who's 28 years old is going to be that powerful. You know, and in, be, in, yeah, government. be yeah. in charge of this group and and yeah, yeah. have this much sway. And um, so that aside, the the episode. Not that she does a bad job as an actress. I mean, she does. Fun. She plays the role. I just, yeah, I, like I just, three times. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that that's just that's that's a minor minor nitpick and just something that that you know, just be aware that there's still a little Smallville in the, in this show. But absolutely. in in general, it continues to absolutely impress me in in every way that that it is. It's smart. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't pander. It doesn't take episodes off to to be to be dumb or dumb the content down and it it shows that if you put out a smart show that people will love it and it's it's well acted it's everything that we've said about it in in the past it's and and if you're a dc fan oh my god the easter eggs are there it it i appreciate that um i'm a fan of when something is coming out that it doesn't have to be tied to anything that came before it. Like there is like Ra's al Ghul uh-huh. is, is, is a, uh, is a force in the arrow universe. Yeah. He is an Just un- because un- Ra's al Ghul yeah, was an in unseen, the first Batman movie. Character. Yeah. Right, but it's it's a, it's a different, you know, so just because they... Uh, is it the, well, yeah, I guess, is it a different race? <laughs> I, well, it's a different Talia. So I mean, it's it, there was are. Was Talia? Was that Talia? 
I want to. I no, yeah, I wasn't Talia. You sure? I, no, Talia hasn't been been in it yet. That was no, no. That, I got to check the. Yeah. Anyway, was it, was it, it wasn't Talia, was it? <laughs> well, I don't want to get. Uh, so, so we have. Yeah, okay. I don't. Well, I don't. I don't think there is a. I don't think there's a Nolan verse Batman connection. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. I can see that. Um, it kind of exists on its own. Yeah. Exactly. It, I mean, this is yeah because it's not Smallville. It's not the Smallville universe. I mean, it is. It is setting up its own DCU. It's. It's. Uh. It's kind of like the. Uh, bef- what fifth? Well, actually, do they do the multiverse? Is multiverse still in effect? I know that that book by Morrison's supposed to eventually come out. Multiversity. Well, no, it definitely sure it still exists yeah. because there's the Earth Two. Comic okay, out. so this oh, would be, this would be like you know Earth Earth W. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Earth WB. That was, Earth that WB. Was Earth WB. Earth WB. Yeah. Uh, that that was um, uh, uh, Nissa Alvul was was uh, Canaries. Or I'm sorry, was Sarah's okay. love interest. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't Talia. It, was, it was, wasn't Talia. Right? It was Talia's sister. Uh, which in this universe she has a sister, um, who may or may not well, end up yeah, sleeping with, okay. with with with. Batman or or Catwoman, uh, but uh, no, it's it, it continues to be great, and this season is really really focused on on Deathstroke and Slade Wilson, and this is honestly, you know, Slade Wilson's a character that has gone through a lot of changes over the years, and has been you know focused on you know here and there. He's he's become more than than the two dimensional kind of clown costume character that he was back in the back in the 80s but you don't think i i I never considered him a clown costume character i i I didn't consider him with the with the the pirate boots and the bright you blue and orange you're you're talking to a cyclops fan with the buccaneer boots and you're a captain america (laughs) fan don't give me shit about the boots bro and secondly I, you're, you're talking to a a new Teen Titans fan, so it's, mm-hmm. if 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 I'm a fan of the Brotherhood of Evil, you know, I I think that it, it's it's safe to say that I would defend Deathstroke Terminator's outfit. I thought the mask was cool with the split. I thought you know because it, it has it, it has reminded me of Iron cool, Fist it, with the tie in the back. It has gotten um, cooler over the years, and what they've done with it, what, the, well, what they've I, what they've done with it in the show is really modernized it and and. Weaponized it even more and made it look more military, and it's it's pretty badass. which is which is very similar, which is very similar to the new Fifty Two look. Because mm-hmm. when when Bennett and and T Bear drew the comic, they mm-hmm. it it doesn't look exactly like it did in the comic. But but tonight's episode where where uh, where he was in front of the bus, and it, that was very reminiscent to what um, what Higgins and and Bennett and T Bear were doing when New Fifty Two started. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I was to find, I, my my issue. I think with Deathstroke was when they turned him from a New Teen Titans rogue to a Green Arrow rogue, and that was because of Identity Crisis. Yeah. And sure. then, and then it 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 Winnick took him and and ran with it in in the Green Arrow comic. Um, so, but so I get the connection. You know, they 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 do work well together, and well, especially the the Ollie Queen from the pre hmm. New Fifty Two universe. I thought that was neat. This Oliver being a little younger, um, I love the tweak with with well with the show and the, the show is doing to these characters. But I mean, I just to see Deathstroke 
on the screen. Slade Wilson acting live action. That's that oh. blows my mind. Oh, but, and and the, and the connection between the two characters is so smart. And oh, but uh, but I even tonight in one of the fight scenes, I go back to what. Uh, Melter did in Identity Crisis, and there's a great scene where I mean, Ollie is kind of the very much the protagonist of that that uh, couple issues. You know, I would even say uh, where he's talking about the league and and the league's roots and the and the relationship that people have in the league, and and he talks about you know how they you know have been you know defenders of freedom and liberty, and but at their core. They've always been fighters, and it, you know, and it shows this where they're just all over Doctor Light and just kicking his ass. And and there's a scene in tonight's episode where it just shows what a badass Green Arrow is. And I'm like, not. And I know that that Vince isn't here to to poo poo it, but before Identity Crisis, it really hadn't been, in my opinion, since the Longbow Hunters, that Green Arrow had been a total badass. And this reminds me of what well, he was badass. also dead. Well, yeah, he was dead for he sacrificed a sacrifice himself, yeah. and, and then we had his son. So, um, But no, I, I definitely agree with you. Yes, he wasn't... It, um, there's a lot of Longbow Hunters in, in, this, in this TV show. Yeah. And just yeah, the they, attitude of it. And yeah, yeah it's... Yeah. Um, but speaking of badasses, they made the clock king a fucking badass. Yes, I mean they're just. I mean the the the, so the bad. Before you before you go on that, because because I don't, I'm not aware of the clock king's role in the TV show. But is 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 the clock king on the show a crime lord? Uh he is a yeah, criminal kind of. mastermind. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but he, uh, yeah, he's 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 intelligent. He's a he's a hacker. He um he. The, the 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 pawns he put on on the chessboard, uh, he had them down to the minute as far as like when the they second. had to go um, yeah. down to a second. He when they had to pull off a heist, and he told them exactly you know where to go, when to do it, and 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 so he okay. was he, he was the puppet master. Uh, but he's not. Is he? I thought physically he, imposing. No, no. I, okay. I you know be, be you sure. know who plays him, dude. The the um. Uh, the the prick from Prison Break, the the skinny dude, always plays a Russian in some shows. You know what I'm talking about. He was he was, he was the, the, oh, the sure. bad guy at the prison in Prison Break. At first, you know who I sure, thought he was. Sure. The wait, wait. You mean the one that um, the the one that was sure I know the one that's that's kind of balding, but he's got the long black hair in the back, and he he was uh, he was kind of the HNIC in the Prison Break. You mean not 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 the not the one that lost his hand. The, oh, see, I didn't. I, okay, no. So you're losing me because I didn't watch. I just know who that he was in oh, it. Okay, okay. I'll see if I can find his name. Yeah, you know That's who okay. I. You know I who I you. thought it was before before they kind of revealed who it was. I thought he was calculator. Yes, absolutely. Especially mm-hmm. the way he was. Uh, Robert Nepper, Theodore Teabag Bagwell, as we played on Prison. Oh, Teabag. Yes. Oh, Teabag is the one that lost his hand. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's, no, that's, that's cool. That's and he was also in the last season of Heroes in a very okay. memorable. Role, but okay, no, and that's was, cool. I like him. Mob City for a minute, but uh, yeah, no. So he was. I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal in it. And like, and and yes, the way he was, he was portrayed initially. Like Chris said, I, I thought he was. He was just he was tapped, in, yeah, or calculator, yeah, yeah. He was just tapped into everything. Um, the, uh, but I mean, you know, between um, you know, Michael J. White and as as Bronze Tiger, and which and you he's have, off. Uh, he is so good, of course. Yeah. Uh, you have. Um, uh, 
Deadshot has has returned because you know I mean they cre- they give you the Suicide Squad mm-hmm. and and there was the one sacrifice the sacrificial lamb from the group who tried to uh, who who tried to, tried to make a break for us so we could so they could show us what happens when they try to leave and and that was played by um, uh, uh, Rivers Doctor Brother from uh, Firefly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean so I mean they have some really. Cool characters and, and, and great actors. And my, my and my prediction is that season finale uh, that it's going to be Suicide Squad that settles the score for uh, for Ollie because shit is shit is getting ready to go down between he and uh, he and Deathstroke. That is yeah yeah. And they've just uh, they've just been foreshadowing the Suicide Squad with stuff all year long, and they're going to play a role in, in stuff for the end of the year. I, with I the Suicide guess. Squad, it was nice to give Diggle something to do this season because he's kind of taken a backseat between everything that's been going on in Ollie's life and, and all the changes mm-hmm. to uh, to his environment and, and Felicity getting a um, more or less a bigger role. She She's become Oh, his, no, uh, it's really more about having Canary be a part of the yeah, group which because I'm that's not, that's, that's, is, kind of, okay. that's kind of Diggle's role because so, D- Diggle had Ollie's back and and now that's Sarah. So. so so Chris's nitpick was Amanda Waller. My nitpick is pretty much um, the Lance sisters, and I just I just want I want uh, Laurel Laurel to go away. Just, yeah, fall off. Of just bridge. just that, go. She is the most, and it's not it's not the actress's fault. It's, it's just, just the character, the character is yeah. so uninteresting. I'm just right. like I don't I don't care about you. Go away. Go do the, something. The episode kind of screeches to a halt when she shows up. Uh-huh. Um and and I I get that it's that 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 is his character. Uh the only thing missing is him being um strung out and swinging a dead cat around, but I am really not a fan of Roy. And, oh, and funny. The, um the it's it's but like I said, I he's I, a punky little asshole, you know? right? And if and if it was a, if the cast wasn't as strong as it is, mm-hmm. Roy would be enough of a reason for me to stop watching the show. Yeah, but I think that's that is his character. Exactly, I mean, it is. That's, it that's, is. But it's still it, it's still like you know. I just I want his scenes to hurry up and move yeah. along so I can get back to, to the shit I enjoy. And watching. you know, until Will Pfeiffer wrote that character, he really hasn't been worth following. But but now, of course. You should, of course. You should read everything with Red Arrow. But it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, um, after Jason talks about Green Arrow, because I need to catch up on that, I'm a few, I'm mm-hmm. a few issues behind Jason, but uh, it'll segue into what I read for next week. But I think, I, I think, uh, for this week rather, but I, um, yeah, I, I, I need to pick up the box set of the first season before we go down to uh, visit Dad inmate because the um the blu-ray comes with the dvds so i i just i want to bring the dvds down so i can watch it with him because he and i watch smallville so i, I think he'd enjoy arrow oh, it's yeah. arrow's um, better the first season it, it is but it's it's a different show and it, it's a um but i think if a um i know that you know um joey joey n or, or on on the form and and Hassan and there are a few of us who I'll I'll text Derek when I'm watching the episode and and um and Hassan will, will send me direct messages on Twitter and and same thing with Joey and and I know that we're all pretty much on the same page because of what we're enjoying the little things we pick up um it is 
the minion enjoys the show and he doesn't recount. So it's not like, you know, it don't need to know everything. And, and the next day, you know, he'll ask me some questions about what was the significance of this. And if this person, you know, is in the comic and if they did, you know, is that how this worked out? And, um, so, so who is summer Glau's character? Well, tonight's episode, tonight's episode kind of, um, explain that. Who do you, who is she? I'm not, I'm not guessing because I didn't, I, I'm, I think, and, and Hassan guessed this, um, he thinks that it, and maybe it is because like I said, since I haven't watched the episode fully, he thinks it's Slade's daughter. So, but there is a connection. There is a connection to Slade, right? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, she could be oh, the Oh, it could be Rose. It could be Rose. Um, so it's, but there is a connection. Oh. Because because Ollie signed some papers tonight, and and mm-hmm. uh, and that put some things in, into motion, and and uh, so that was uh, that was the sneak attack. That was the Pearl Harbor job from Slade on Ollie's behalf, and and so there are just some. Uh, I thought I think she's Queen B. Damn, you can call me Queen B. <laughs> it's because because Hive was involved in stuff earlier in the season. It was yes, and they kind of left that, and she was she was a part of that, and they kind of left that storyline. But I think it's still there, and when they haven't they haven't explained where Slade's money come from comes from yet. So uh, I, I think Hive and she's Queen Bee, and well, that's, they, that's my but, that's my guess. And and I, what I love about the show. Are the little things like in the Suicide Squad issue, and even before that, because this this played into the first season and the finale to the first season. The episode with the Suicide Squad, they had to go to Markovia. Yes, and and yes. you know, and and they have the whole you know they had the earthquake machine and from the first season, and mm-hmm. they. So is Terra going to make an, an appearance? It is entirely possible, and I mean, so they're just, and plus we also have to have Malcolm Merlin come back. Yeah, so there are a lot of things that there's. And it's a lot of neat way, and you know, before we forget, you know, major kudos to Mark Guggenheim for for weaving all this together. Yeah, what a that dude is so good, and yeah. we've known that he's been good for a long time since he was doing like Civil War stuff and Wolverine, and it's uh, you know not his first rodeo in TV, but I think doing comic book characters for TV, he's found his he's found his sweet spot. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. It's it's uh there's just um the the way they have and and even when cuz tonight um I keep calling him Scarecrow cuz that's what he looks like. But brother Blood, oh, brother Blood. back up tonight. Yeah. You know, and it's uh-huh. like we haven't seen him in weeks and it's like yeah. and just the idea that normally they would shove the the bad guy or 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 the antagonist in your face almost every week here and and even agents of shield has done it they, they they've kind of let some things just you know go by for a week or two before you know that you remember it but um this was you know i completely forgot about brother blood because i i almost thought that 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 stroke did i, I remember mm-hmm. he he had him at, at at sword point and and uh you know and, and threatened him but then that was it but i i completely forgot about Brother Blood and, well, and 
hasn't it been interesting seeing the the juxtaposition between Ollie's group with 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 Diggle and Felicity and Roy, and then tonight it's in the Queen corporate headquarters. You've got Deathstroke and Brother Blood and whoever uh, whoever the Summer Glau character ends up you know being, whether it's you know Queen Bee or Rose or or whoever. And so you see these two different groups are kind of like massing now, and there's going to be it's there's going to be a fucking blowout at the yeah, end, there is. and it's going to be I cannot wait. It's and I'm I'm glad that they're kind of keeping um, the Flash away from it, not because I don't want to see any crossovers, but. I oh, think there'll be that, crossovers, um, but they're oh, going yeah, ma- to ma- ma- make that show its own thing, right? You know? But the the end of this season was supposed to be basically like the pilot or the the spinoff for the Flash. Whereas now I think they're going to just leave Arrow to Arrow and and let Flash fly on his own. And mm-hmm. I, I think this really needs to kind of play out um, for Ollie. Just keep keep everything in this bubble without any outside forces well, and uh and then where is Gotham going to be is Gotham premieres when Gotham is going to be on Fox and I think that's a fall show okay so that that there will be no no crossover there no okay yeah bummer and that's and that should <laughs> have a pretty interesting cast oh yeah yeah it's I'm Donald I'm, Logue as, as Bullock and hey and, that's uh, awesome yeah yeah I'm, I'm still Holly likes a local color Six of one is half a dozen of the other. I've seen her walking home alone, looking at her phone. Miss a curve without, without, without the net she thinks is under her. Oh, boom, boom. So Jason, tell us about uh, tell us about the comic. Well, so the the comic uh, again, as, as I mentioned, I think a week or two ago, uh, and then probably last week as well. It's the new Fifty Two. It is what it is. For, for I don't want to get into a whole thing where we judge. All I'll say is, for some reason, the four of us are reading very few DC titles. Yeah, and I mean, that yeah, is but not. Just, yeah, but yeah, and, and again, I, I don't want to make that into some sort of declaration where listeners think that we're admonishing it. I, I don't. But for whatever reason, we all tried the new Fifty Two on Moss, and over time, our collective reading has dwindled to probably between the four of us, we're reading fewer DC titles on a regular basis than we have ever, right? And, and that's yeah. that's that's a twenty five year span. But but regardless of that, there are certainly quality titles being put out and and uh i have always been a huge jeff lemire fan um and his have continued to keep up with his creator-owned work but uh for whatever reason i have not kept up regularly with his dc work and and on top of that not being necessarily a dc kid growing up green arrow has has always been one of those characters that uh I've needed to hear a lot of positive buzz about mm-hmm. before I'll jump in, and then sometimes it it, it grabs me and, and sometimes it loses me quickly. So I haven't been a regular Green Arrow reader. The, the probably the last time I was regularly reading Green Arrow was back when he and 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 Black Canary got married and Norton was doing the book and, and that sort of and then Cliff uh, Chang that seems like yesterday. I know, and it was what five six years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the uh, 
Green Arrow, Black Canary, the, the Cliff Chang stuff was great. It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, very fun. Yeah. So, but, you know, we have a, we're fortunate enough to have a very robust and active community, both on our forums, uh, which is uh, where, David? 11o'clockcomics.com or bullpenbulletinspodcast.com slash forum. Word. Uh, and, and Twitter as well. And a lot of people, it, it, long story short, it seems to me that, that Green Arrow has been a title since Jeff took it over that has stood out from the crowd in terms of critical buzz by people whose opinions I value. So um, as we talked about last week, Comixology had a sale on Green Arrow Comics uh, about a week and a half ago. So uh, Dap and I procured the entirety of the Lemire run up to this point, and I just sit, sat down and read it. Now, um, the the interesting thing here is there are a lot of parallels to the show. Um, the, the run starts on uh, in issue 17, and the most recent issue is issue 28, so we're talking... Uh, and that is inclusive of a point one that I guess relates to the right Count Vertigo. Yeah, the villain. I guess there's been that whole villain thing going on at DC. So, um, and and I want to say every issue, although I, I I didn't double check this, but almost every issue, if not every issue of the series, has been uh, drawn by uh, Andrea Sorrentino thus far, um, which is a, a pretty remarkable achievement in today's day and age. Yes, where where people seemingly need to take two, three months off of a year. Sorrentino does not look like any slacking is going on in this book. Exactly, exactly. Um, so the story is, it's definitely a much younger Oliver Queen, again, reminiscent of what we're seeing in the um, in the TV show. But I would even say that based on, I don't know if they give his age, but he's even younger in this comic than he is in the TV show. What would you say? I would say in the TV show, he's maybe close to 30, yes. would you say? Yeah. So in this season is early twenties. Um, and it's, late, it's the Lemire's run starts with number seventeen. Seventeen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's basically as as far as I can tell, it's a complete. It's not a reboot, but it's it's a completely it's close start. enough. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't need to have read one through sixteen or anything before. It, you should. Right. Right. He kind of sets his own tone. But this is a younger Oliver Queen. Um, he is the scion of the Queen Industries family. He is. The heir apparent, much like Bruce Wayne or Oliver Queen in prior incarnations, he's perceived by most to be a petulant child, spoiled, not mm-hmm. interested in running the family business. He's a Bruce Wayne. Yeah, but in reality, unlike Bruce, he really isn't interested in running the family business. He's not very good at it. It just doesn't interest him. Um, he There is an oil tanker explosion, or, or it's, I think it's an oil tanker, but there's a boat explosion where everyone gets killed, including his father, or so he thinks. Uh, and he washes up on the island, which again is like the the, the, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Unlike the island, he's not there with a bunch of other mercenaries training. He's essentially, for f- as far as we know, it's a deserted island, um, although it had once been inhabited. And he spends many years there um, teaching himself to be an excellent archer uh, in order to survive. Um, and then comes back to... Uh, what, interestingly, Jeff sets this story in Seattle versus um, what? what well, do you, that, what, that, I mean, that goes back. Well, Starling City see, yeah. originally Starling it was Star City, Star City in the comics. Okay. Starling City is is yeah. I mean, I think it's filmed in Canada, but it, it looks pretty much like Seattle. 
Okay. And that goes, that goes back to the, uh, the Wongo the Longbow hunters. Yeah. Yeah, that right. That's sure. right. Oh, I, I'd forgotten about that. Right. So, so he's back in Seattle and his company is in shambles. His, uh, his company's being hostily taken over and he is uh, beginning to act the part of the hero. Um, again, much like the TV show, he recruits a number of people to help him, including an ex Marine special forces tr- black man named Diggle, much like the TV show. He also has two uh, tech geeks by his side. One named I, I, I love when we butt in. I love how meta it's gotten because Diggle was, was named after was just Andy it, it was Andy an homage Diggle. to Andy Diggle right. who wrote Year One, and so now. Diggle has become a character that Andy Diggle could write if he comes back and absolutely yeah. And it was, and, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. The, the Diggle in the comic was was created because of the Diggle on the TV show. It, it, that's what I'm gathering. Yeah. Right? I, Diggle yeah. is not somewhat. Yeah. So uh, and then there's Naomi, who is the pretty ingenue, uh, who crushes after uh, Green Arrow, but he's not really feeling that. And then there is a, uh, a kind of a, a heavy set Asian fellow. That is the other geek, and he, of course, pines after Naomi, but it's unrequited because Naomi likes Green Arrow, so forth, so on. But in any event, they're Team Arrow, and they use an abandoned Queen Industries building that nobody knows about as their base of business, and they're fighting crime. But as is typical of Lemire, the characterizations are so fantastic, so layered, so nuanced. He's stringing along so many different plot lines concurrently that it's just pulled me in like a tractor beam. You've got the mystery of how did Oliver end up on this island and just happen to have a bow and arrow there and happen to learn to be this great archer, right? Um, he, he's introduced, for much of the, the 12, 13 issues that I read, the main villain is, is a guy named Komodo. Well, Komodo is also a great archer, um, he has ties to Oliver and his, to both Oliver and Oliver's father's past. I won't give that away, but he has ties there. He is now effectively one of the outsiders. And this is another interesting twist. Jeff takes the concept of the outsiders, but totally revamps what it means. You know, we've always known the outsiders to be a group of effectively heroes, sometimes associated with Batman, sometimes not. In this case, the outsiders are effectively, uh, there are seven, uh, guilds that have spanned centuries, really, uh, of different types of warriors uh, or assassins. And there's the Arrow Guild and the Shield Guild and the Sword Guild and so forth and so on. And each of these guilds has members that now comprise this group of outsiders, which are basically, in essence, like an Illuminati, you know? Uh, like the, their quest is for power and control and, and, and the like. And Komodo is aligned with them. Meanwhile, Oliver is drawn into the other side of it where he's trying to un- unravel his past, his ties to this group, and his role in all this. Uh, at the heart of this is the Arrow Guild because, you know, is, is Oliver the, the rightful leader of the Arrow Guild? Is Komodo? Uh, is it someone else? We are introduced to um, uh, Oliver's – has a family member that he doesn't realize that he has. Um, although it's a very twisted take on that because she is, uh, she, she is on the opposite side of things. Um, and doesn't, she herself doesn't, 
realize um, her ties to him. Um, you've got uh, a, a woman named Shadow, S H A D O. Yeah. What, she yeah. The TV show. Oh, yep. oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So in in the comic, Shadow is also an archer, and she is the lover or was the lover of Oliver's father. Oh, interesting. And okay. They have a love child, who is Oliver's. I guess half sister. Uh, what? Yes. That's, okay. All right. So obviously uh, there are there are some. I don't want to say parallels, but yes, there are some some similarities between the show and the comic, but they are oh, separate. And okay. Now, 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 Oliver meets Shadow because he is sent on a mission to find each of the each of the weapon clans has a totem, effectively a. Um, I, it, it's not yet clear in the book whether it's a physical weapon or not, but for example, in the Arrow clan, they, their totem is the green arrow, right? So, so it, it, it's, it's, we've been led to believe to this point that the green arrow is an actual physical item. And if the, if the leader of the Arrow clan possesses the green arrow, they have complete enlightenment. We don't yet know what that is, if it's real, if it's a metaphor. But Oliver and Shadow are on the quest for this, as are Komodo and his uh, allies. Now, Oliver first discovers Shadow because he goes to rescue her because someone tells him he has a vision of three dragons. And um, he's told that if he seeks out the dragons, it will help him on his path. So he is sent to, uh, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, but... But, but Vlatava is it? It's it, it, I know it's not. It's a, essentially like the DC version of Latveria. It's the small Eastern European country. Okay. He's sent there, and this happens to be the country that is run by a dictator, otherwise known as David alluded to as Count Vertigo. Uh, okay. Now has Count Vertigo been in the TV show? Yes. Yes. But he's a drug. He's user. called. He's, <laughs> and, and he's called the Count, and the drug is called Vertigo. So he doesn't oh, okay. have any powers that that the. This is much different than this is. A guy who was the rightful heir to the throne when they were a monarchy of this of this small country, right. but over time the monarchy was was driven out by rebels and and for, for some other measure of, of democracy drawn out. Now he is the son, basically the 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 he's the heir, but he's he's been set into this life of poverty in the United States, and he has kind of risen back up from that. To to once again he he became rich and then he went back to the the country and took it back over so he's now the leader of the country but he also has to be Count Vertigo and he does have powers they are they are um, technologically inducing. enhanced mm-hmm. but he's got essentially like this device that's uh, it looks like a green circle on his forehead that embedded into his brain and then there's a thing that's attached to his spinal column in the back and it allows him as has been. I think typical of the Count Vertigo character in prior incarnations to create Vertigo and kill people and hurt people and that sort of thing. Uh, he, for some reason, has Shadow captive and uh, becomes also an enemy of Green Arrow. So, so far in the 13 issues I've read, Green Arrow is amassing enemies, but he's not really putting any of them to bed. He's, <laughs> he's, he's just amassing a pile of enemies. Vertigo's after him now. He's in Seattle. Uh, Komodo's still after him. The other, all the, the, the guilds are after him now. Uh, and Ali is building his group of people, including Shadow, including his posse, uh, a few other people I won't get into. But but it's just this really layered, super intricate, super almost espionage-like plot where 
I'm excited. I'm, I'm. It's in. really, really I'm fascinating. In. And and the 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 ingredient here. I mean, Jeff is a fantastic writer, and we all know that. But the 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 thing I find very engaging about this series is Sorrentino as an artist. I don't quite know how to describe his. There's style. a little kind of, and beat me back if I'm wrong. There's mm-hmm. a little Jay Lee in there. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. He, it, it. I almost would love to know who did his who did, um, who did uh, Jeff's. Um, um, why can I not think of it? Uh, his Animal Man, the the first Animal Man, Travel Foreman. It's kind of like Jay Lee meets Travel Foreman. You know what? You're you're exactly right because I hadn't <laughs> put the Jay Lee side of it together, but when I was thinking about how I was going to discuss this tonight. And that I needed to somehow paint a picture for people of what Sorrentino's art like. My initial thought was travel foreman with a lot more spotted blacks. Yes, which is travel foreman meets Jay Lee. Exactly right. Yeah, so there okay. you go. That is a great description. Kudos. But it's beautiful stuff, and it's it's it's. He's also a great storyteller. He does the same thing that Foreman and some of the other artists did in Iron Fist when Fraction was writing it. For example. Um, when they're when they're fighting when they're they're doing martial arts, when someone say hits a pressure point, he'll draw a square over that part of the of the of the scene, mm-hmm. where, and 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 make that entire square of the page red to il- indicate that. Oh, that's that, kind of like a, a David Aja. Uh, Aja, exactly, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He right. This art doesn't look like Aja, but it's the no, same kind it, of panel layout storytelling mm-hmm. tricks that Aja uses so effectively. Actually, exactly. you, actually using the medium to enhance Absolutely, the story. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. And the other cool thing here, and again, not being the, the, the most robust DC historian, we're in, introduced to Richard Dragon. And oh, neat. Yeah. I have not read too many things with Richard Dragon in the past, but certainly the things I have read are not in any way, shape, or form like this Richard Dragon. So let me ask, is is in in the past has Richard Dragon ever been a villain? No, not to my knowledge. He's just kind of a it's kind of a sensei guy, right? Uh, right. Yeah, uh, a lot in the in the question. And uh, okay, what yeah, what, other, I, what other comics was he in, David? He well, was, I I've, I've only seen him in in the the, the question stuff and the Nanda Parbat right, stuff. Yeah, and, and all that, yeah. Um, but well, okay, well anyway, um, and I hope this isn't. a... I guess I should say spoilers because I don't. I, it's hard for me to know. I have a feeling a lot of the stuff I've read. I have a feeling if I if I was more familiar with the DC history, a lot of this wouldn't surprise me. But since I'm new to it, it's it's been a new discovery. But Richard Dragon is in the series, and he is most decidedly a villain. So and it's for interesting. Now. I'd say for now. He's no, no. He's a total badass. I mean, oh, he's okay. he's essentially going around killing off all of the. Seattle crime lords one by one to take over the town. Oh, okay. Uh, at one of which, which is why I, my ears perked up when you were discussing the TV show, is Mr. Glockman, who's the Clock King. Mm-hmm. But in the book, in the comic, Glockman is depicted as a pretty large, almost enforcer-like guy that uh, looks somewhat like Thing Rames looked in as the kingpin in the Daredevil movie. He's a big oh, black nice. guy okay. that's... That also happens to, as the Clock King, have some other attributes and skills. No, the the Clock King in the in the TV show, like I said, was much more like the mm. calculator. Was yeah, just, yeah, scrawny, scrawny white guy, very you know, weaselly behind the scenes, pulling strings kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So, so essentially, the first arc of the series sets up the the history of the character, who he is, his motivations, the people around him, 
And then now we are three issues into what they're calling the Outsider Wars, Mm -hmm. which are, again, essentially these tribes all jockeying for position against one another. And the last two issues have had a massive reveal, which I will not spoil, uh, involving Oliver's past and what he thought he knew, which in fact was wrong. Uh, And it's just been gripping and well-written and everything you would expect Jeff to do, but... But the, the, the thing I always have to give credit for, and it's something that, that many times I don't feel qualified to say because we do have such long histories with a lot of these characters, Green Arrow isn't one of those characters for me. So this is just a fascinating introduction to a character that has a long history, but I don't feel in any way, shape, or form lost or, le- or less engaged by the fact that I don't know the history. And nice. I, I suspect it's because Lemire has basically started anew. Yeah. He's 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 revolving the series around lots of characters that have familiarity to people from the TV show and from the comics, but he's doing what he wants with them. He's not beholden to what they are in either of those prior. And that's how it should be. Yeah, it's great. So I can't recommend this enough. Um, you know, the trick when you're talking about DC books versus Marvel or Image or other things is that again, not this is not a quality thing. This is a statement of fact. DC is. Very slow putting out collected editions. Very slow. So I can't even tell you that the trades of this stuff are readily available. But I can say uh, I'm sure the back issues are available. If it is con season, people love to go bin diving. I'm sure you can mm-hmm. get these issues cheaply. But if not, you can do what I and David did. Just buy the issues on Comicsology. I, 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 again, I've read them digitally, and, and they, they look great. They read great. And I, I, just, I think it's terrific stuff. Uh, and if anything... It's gotten me juiced to get back and catch up on the TV show now because I know there'll at least be some parallels. So, awesome! Yeah, it's really, really, really good stuff. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, and we will, we will, uh, we will cross like strangers in the night as as I go and read the comics and you go and watch the TV show. Yes, sir. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be interesting to get your uh, get your opinion on stuff. So that'll yes, be sir. that'll be. Yeah, I'm I'm all over this. It's, uh, I gotta catch up on that and uh, and some. Uh, uh, Winter Soldier. Oh, I, I, we have such a busy weekend coming up with the boys because they, they both play, play lacrosse and we have lacrosse tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have got to figure out a way to squeeze in three hours to take them to see this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, to see movie. I know. So, I can't uh, wait. I'm going to be in South Bend for uh, part of the weekend. Martin's family? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so see if maybe, maybe I might be able to take the nephews to see nice. it. would be kind of nice. cool. So I, there, I think that yeah, I figure they're old enough. And so, and it's, I mean, it's Captain America. It's not going to be that, that crazy. You're going to take your boys, right? Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, okay. they, they, I think of all the Marvel movies, I think Captain America, the first Avenger is collectively our favorite. Nice. I think each of the boys and I probably have a nice. different favorite, but I think in terms of the one that we're most apt to sit down and watch together and have done so, it's it's that one. So I, I suspect this movie is going to, 
just blow my mind. Again, it's you know I'm a huge ScarJo fan. I know David is not, but I I, I worship oh. at the ground that she she walks on. Uh, and and then having Falcon in this freaking movie, I mean, yes. yeah, it's basically it's basically your movie. And it really is. It's, I, it. I can't yeah. even fathom it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, speaking of ScarJo, have you seen the trailer for Lucy? No. Oh my gosh! I want to stop the show right now so you can go watch it and then come back and talk <laughs> about it. It is. It's um. Uh, I saw it described as an Akira-esque uh, sci-fi thriller. It's um, the you know I don't want to don't want to spoil it because I, you know, I I have not seen one Captain America trailer. I caught part of a commercial. I've tried mm-hmm. to completely avoid all trailers, spoilers, teasers, etc. For I don't know about three four years now, and I found that it enhances my Absolutely. my viewing experience. I would agree with that. Yes. You know, it's like I I didn't see one trailer for the Avengers before I went to the theater to see it and mm-hmm. I had a great time. Uh same thing with the second Thor movie. But anyway, um I did watch this trailer for Lucy just cuz it, it was like, "Ah, what's this?" It is uh base it's Scarjo gets gets kidnapped by it's obviously set somewhere in the in the near future. She gets kidnapped by drug dealers who um, cut her open and implant packs of of like a psychotropic drug in in her uh, uh, in her like stomach cavity area, and she uh, uh, gets into a into a scuffle with them, and it breaks. And starts leaking into her system, which starts off a chain reaction that um, opens up her uh, her brain to to higher functioning ability, and so it start her her brain functions start growing exponentially to the point where she is like like Akira, where she starts getting you know, uh, telekinetic powers, and it and Morgan Freeman is in it. It, it looks amazing. I am on it. It is. It looks so so amazing. So yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's, it's definitely got that, you know, Japanese mm-hmm. f- action anime feel to it. But you know, it's you know, Scarlett Johansson uh, mm-hmm. basically kicking ass. So I can't wait to. Are they are they going to do a, a Black Widow movie? Yes, yes, they've already announced it. Yes. So that's going to happen. I think the schedule though has been pushed back because she's prego. Oh okay. That's fine. David, now let me ask you, because you know, Boo, we see, we're of like mind in many things. Yes. But we are diametrically opposed when it comes to Scar Joe. And uh, sad to say, Megan Fox. Well, no, no. I I mean, I think Megan Fox is attractive, but I don't, I think there's more room for criticism there in the sense that I think she needs a sandwich and I think that she's not a good actress. Oh, definitely. <laughs> but so you're my, gonna you're gonna race out for the turtles movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but my que- <laughs> but my question to you is, I mean, I know we've sort of covered this, but I've never gotten a straight answer from you. I, I, in spite of not generally being a ScarJo fan, have you been cool with her in the role of Black Widow? Yes. Um, 
probably she more says, so in the Avengers than in Iron Man. Than in Iron Man too. Yeah, yeah I was true. Uh, yeah, um, and I am. I'm kind of. I need to see how it because I have seen commercials for the Winter Soldier, so I have to see how it plays out in the context and the entirety of the movie. But um, for my taste, there's been an awful lot. Maybe too much in some cases of Black Widow in a Captain America themed movie, and and that's just that that's personal preference. Mm-hmm. I know that there is a, a I, I I know that there's a connection between these characters, and and and, and it I has get been that. for about three decades. And, yes, yes, you know I, I I get that, but it is still it's you know then make make the second Avengers movie then I mean this is this is, it's it's Captain America and it's and it's just but that's me and it's and it's wait, partly no, no. also but back because, up so wait let me clarify this what is your beef I do not I, there have been movies where she's been in where I have not been um enthralled by her performance okay, and I do not think that she is beauty's in the eye of a beholder, bro. So I don't think that she is worthy of. Okay. So, of, so your beef is that you just don't think that she's all that in a, a bag of chips. Absolutely. Right. But but from a story standpoint, I mean, shield. Do I think she is a fine Black Widow. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Yes. I, I, I no. I th- I thought your beef was in in Black Widow being in these movies. I think no, 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 no. Okay. I mean, because because if Black Widow, you know, I, my beef is based on what I have seen on previews and commercials. I think there is too much Black Widow in a Captain America movie. But again, I will wait to see. Well, you know, my, how, you know, my, my, my thing, my thing there, my thing there is that you know she is a Shield agent, and yes. Captain America works with Shield, and so yes. it's you know, it was so funny. I'm I'm at the Curling Club this week, and and one of one of my buddies who loves the movies doesn't read the comics. He's like, "Yeah, so Chris, I was I was watching Thor two. He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "So the question I got is, if this is such a big deal and like the universe is going to collapse, where the fuck are the Avengers?" And I just started cracking up, <laughs> and I was just like, "It's like, dude, you're looking behind the curtain." I mean, this is this is age old questions here. You know, it's like, yeah, right. you know, it's it, and I and I looked at it. And it's like, it's like the easy answer is that Thor would have the ego that would make him say that that he can handle this, and so there's no need to call on to you know the 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 mortals from from uh, you know from Midgard. From Midgard, yeah. Um, but it, 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 you know, it, it brought up these funny. It, it's very interesting to me that with the movies now as mainstream and and in in popular culture as they are, that the the age old questions that that we've had since you know we were ten years old, you know, oh, dude. Speaking yeah. of the outside, I mean, it, Batman went to the Justice League of America to ask for assistance, but they said that they weren't going to get involved with with Bruce Wayne's personal friends' mm-hmm. business because 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 Batman wanted to go save Lucius from Markovia and Justice League said no so he said then fuck it I'm going to go find my own group and that's when he founded the Outsiders so I mean yes right. it's, it's been going around for years that you know that oh. that, that sometimes it's, it's the same reason why Superman doesn't get involved in, in a world war they're just sometimes <laughs> the, the superheroes have to let the mortals figure shit out and, and, and it, it's well um, and then my other answer was because Thor needs to have his very own comic book that's <laughs> right 
Yeah, and and who's to say that you know? I mean, and obviously, if if Captain America's got his own movie and Iron Man's got his own movie, everybody else is busy. So it's not like yes, everybody yes. can just drop everything and make sure the world doesn't oh. explode. It's the it's the, the it's the it's the Wolverine conundrum. Uh, oh yes, yeah, because yeah, you know it's Thursday, so we must be on the Avengers. The <laughs> um, the the you thing with um, <laughs> the, with um uh the minions telling me I have to watch. The second Thor movie, which I haven't seen yet, because he's telling Red Box it. I enjoyed, um, I enjoyed it. It was oh fun, no, and, you know, and I, we're going to see it because surprisingly, Renee actually watched Thor, um, and and uh, she hasn't seen Captain America, but she's never been a real big Captain America, Superman, Wonder Woman it's fan. Probably, so it, it's, it's probably it, the best out of them. I enjoyed it, but it's also a period piece, so you kind of have to sell that also. Although it is Chris Evans, uh, so it's like, look at it. It's, well, it's, it's only the, a, it's only make, a period piece for about, for most about of, of the movie. Yeah, yeah okay. he doesn't yeah. show up until like oh, that's true. That's true. square. Yeah, that's that is true. So, yeah, it is. Okay, um, but it has it. It has General Louise Coleman. So I mean, there's my that. That's the pitch for me. It's not so much for her. Mm. The uh, um, but at the end of the last few minutes of this week's Agents of Shield, after they came back from commercial break, before they showed next week's preview, was a scene from the Winter Soldier. Where um, where where Fury is driving this SUV that's beat all to shit, and and he's trying to escape these dudes, and that's that's the scene that you always see in the commercials where the Winter Soldier fires at at his SUV and and the little mm-hmm. uh, mini mine underneath, and so that's they actually I thought that was pretty neat that um, because it what's been going on at Agents of Shield uh, does have a connection to Nick Fury, and and uh, so I don't know if if that means once the Winter Soldier is out in theaters if there's going to be a tie-in to later uh, in the season S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes, but um, but they are um, tightening that that weave of, of keeping everything um, together or, or, mm-hmm. or coherent. But uh, no, I, I, I really am. Um, I think it was uh, Fabian Nassiezza was talking about on, on Facebook how he, he absolutely loved The Winter Soldier. I mean, it, it's... It's got the espionage, it's got the politics, it's got the action. There just seems to be something for absolutely everybody in the second Captain America movie. Yes, sir. So I, I do want to see it. I doubt. I expect the next movie we'll probably see in a theater is if if I'm good and I can <laughs> drug her and, and drag her with me, will probably be Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Maybe I, Julian will come with you. <laughs> And and uh, Antiki, nah. um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I really want to see that, and and that's um, I don't expect this to see Captain America in the theater, but I, I, I maybe it'll, I'm sure it'll still be playing when we go down south, so maybe I'll take that to go see it. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and see it, and uh, yeah, it's 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 might be the only movie I, I you know I see like maybe one or two movies a year. I actually go to the movie <laughs> theater. It's it's. I mean, I, hey, I, 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 li- I live in the age where I've got a big screen TV in my house and I can sit here and drink beer and I make better popcorn and it's, Absolutely. you know, it's it rather than go and spend the 10, 12 sure, bucks for sure. a ticket, it's just much easier for me to watch movies here and I'm always behind on shit. So it's, you know, it's, it's like, it's new to me. So yeah, that's definitely a, 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 a parent thing versus non. I mean, I, I see tons of movies in the theater, but admittedly I used to, I was always a big movie goer and I used to see 
I would say that on a Friday night, it was Beth and my default to go see a movie if we didn't have other plans. Mm-hmm. So I would I would probably see 30, 40 movies a year in the theater yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And then we started well, we, having I mean, kids. And then when the babies come, you don't, yeah. you don't see any movies because <laughs> yeah, sure. you, you have babies. And now we see movies all the time, but it's always with the kids. Yeah. So it's I would fr- say, but, but it's like frozen. You know? Well, no, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> one, one out of, thankfully, because I am a geek, one out of the two movies that I see in the theater now, I'm very excited to see. Right. And then the other half are stuff that I see because they want to. And mm-hmm. sometimes you're lucky and they're entertaining. Sometimes they're downright horrible and you just go with it. <laughs> now, it's still months away because it's not till the end of the summer pretty much. But are, are the kids interested in any way, shape, or form for Guardians of the Galaxy? Have you sold them on that yet at all? They are massively into it. But again, awesome. because for, for a couple of reasons. One, because they know... I have lots of Guardians of the Galaxy artwork hanging on the walls. Nice. So they, they know about Rocket Raccoon and Drax and Gamora a lot more than the average kid. Two, Marvel Lego superheroes, you can unlock all of the characters, and they've done that. So they love those guys. Uh, is that game, is that worth getting on the PS4? I, heard it's, I, I absolutely heard it's the best Lego game It's so game much fun. It's I, so... I downloaded the demo, and it's, it is fun. hundreds of characters. Really? I, hundreds of characters. Um... I mean, every day I come. The boys aren't allowed to play video games during the week, but but I'll come home from you know a, a work trip or something, or, or on the weekend, and they'll say, "Oh, we unlocked X, Y, and Z." And it's, I mean, th- there is just a trillion characters you can unlock. It's, it's again, you can unlock all the guardians, which they've just done recently. But I mean, it's 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 everything from you know a bomb to an aim scientist to. Uh, it's 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 there's different versions. There's a bomb. There's the abomination. There's Red Hulk. There's Hulk. There's and it's just so clever in in that each of the um, effectively each of the characters fits into one of six character power sets. The game is 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 there are six different types of characters and 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 each hero or villain is retrofitted so that their power equates to to one of those features. But but every one of the visuals is different. Yeah, it's just a, an unbelievably fun game. It's, I, it's so I, I'm, fun. I may wait for it to to hit the uh, um, the used bins just because. Yeah, I, I mean, I yeah. would go to a GameStop, and, and even if you, uh, I would guess that by the by we by the time we get to this year's Christmas, especially with mm. PlayStation Four and Xbox One getting the big push, you'll you, you'll have you know this this game that game and others will be marked down to either nineteen ninety five or twenty nine ninety five. And and I would get it then and just play the hell out of it. Well, you know what what I'll say, and, and it will deviate, go on a little bit of a tangent. Um, I got a PS4, and I love oh, it. Oh, you did? I, oh yeah, I, I got it around Christmas time. And oh, I didn't know was that. It Christmas time? Yeah, something like that. Um, and I got the Assassin's Creed Four, and it's amazing. I just out, just totally sucked in as much as as i was with uh with like skyrim for a while and that mm-hmm. only happens every once in a while but you can tell with both xbox one and ps4 that they race to get those consoles out against each other because sure. neither one of them have a um, have a huge game catalog they that don't, came they out yeah it's I agree. really really limited um, that's why i haven't gotten either either system yet because it's just haven't had the the game that's made me get it and even titanfall which some thought might be wasn't enough for me to it looks cool it does um, on ps4 um uh, wolfenstein looks really good see and i don't disagree with you but as you know i'm not a fan i'm just not a 
first person shooter. First person shooter guy, so so I'm a hard sell with that stuff. Conceptually this looks cool because it takes place have we talked about this? It's a uh or do you know it it, it takes place in an alternate reality right. yeah. like 1960s New York, but the the Nazis won World War 2. So it is it's a Nazi occupied New York in the 1960s. Mhm. Right. Really, really cool looking. So, yeah, that that'll probably be the next one um, that I get. But, uh, but yeah, the uh, the Marvel Lego, I've I've had my eye on it. So, and the, and the demo, the download demo is awesome. Yeah, I would I would give it the highest thumbs up. Now we've always, I mean, we've been fans of all the Lego movies, uh, the Lego games rather. Uh, the the Star Wars um, Lego games are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you same thing you, there are so many characters that you can unlock it's just a just a tremendous amount of fun if you're a fan um and we've had fun with i think we have most of the lego games we've played the indiana jones games we've the played batmans the batmans are great the batman, the batman games yeah. the harry potter games but i will say um to me the marvel game is light years better than the batman games and it's really? it's not okay. a dc versus marvel thing it's a it's a the expansiveness of it. And also, the Marvel game is the first of the Lego games where the characters talk. Oh, and wow. mm. just an added little element to it. And yeah, it's just absolutely a true, true pleasure. It's, it's, it's so much fun. And, and the other great thing for those listening that have kids that I love about the Lego games is they're perfect for kids to play with you. My five-year-old can sit there and play with me for an hour without any issues because there's no real death if you if you mm-hmm. quote die, you just regenerate right then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so wonderful. And you know, if there's someone that's more experienced, like my oldest son or myself, playing with someone like my five year old, they just get tagged along. So he could die a thousand times during the level and not feel like he's failing. Yeah. And I and I can just continue to progress on and get us to where we need to go. And he just jumps right back in and participates. So. Uh, it's it's a perfect cool. all ages yeah. game. It's a perfect all ages game. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's uh, yeah. I I played through like the first level with Sandman, and it was you know got to be Hulk, got to be Spider Man, got to be Iron Man. Iron Man's great. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's a it's it's a hoot. Yes, sir. And I do enjoy the PS4. It's that it, I can't wait to see games that are actually truly developed for the next generation consoles. Me too. Me they're too. gonna, yeah, they're gonna be, they're gonna be pretty sweet. Um, so, did any of you guys get a, a really big book delivered this week to you? A really big book. Oh, as I lift the darn thing, it's from Dark Horse. Is it a second volume? It is a second volume. That's what I oh, thought. of course I did. I tweeted about it. I said, "Sorry, honey, I have a headache." Quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Boy, they did a nice job on it, didn't they? Oh, so nice. Yeah. Yeah, they it's Fear Agent for being for being a uh, a series that I personally championed from before you did? before it came out. Uh it's, it's I heard you talking about Fear Agent before you and I were friends. It I mean it goes back to Rick Remender telling me in a bathroom about this about this series. Who is and, the bigger dick? Uh, uh Phil Hester. <laughs> uh, um, 
but uh, yeah, I mean, it goes back to uh, Wizard World 2000. God, what has it got to be now? 2000, was it seven? I think. Uh, that could be right. Yeah. We started. We started this show in 2008, right? Maybe something uh, like nine. Nine. No, nine. Yeah. Nine. This would have been. Yeah, nine, I think, 10, 11, Yeah, 12. this would have been. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nine. This would have been like Wizard World 2006, 2007, uh, right around, right around that time, and um, uh, met Rick and and Tony at that show, and uh, they told you know told us about this this new book that they were doing called fear agent and uh, and i was all excited about it and from the mm-hmm. time the the first issue came out it was one of my favorites and now to you know it almost seems like you know the the, the end of an era you know I, I get this this package and it's the the second omnibus of it and these two these two omnibus editions uh together are just such a beautiful you know, fitting collection for this series mm. that uh uh that i just i loved as it came out and i think is is one of the one of the best series of the of the last decade in, in my opinion and uh and to see this thing you know presented in in such a in such a really nice way is is, is pretty cool so uh so hats off to those guys for uh for seeing it through and you know it's the release schedule on it was not always the uh, the smoothest and and I know that Rick in particular you worked his ass off to promote the the series and and I think had had a uh, an epiphany at some point where he's like the the people that are going to read this book are reading this book and and no matter you know how much he was going to promote it and push it and how many podcasts he was on or interviews that he did on you know CBR or whatever the people that the people that loved that book were already reading it and it's one of the i think one of the problems with with true genre fiction in in comics i think it's gotten better but you know but then again i i think that people read what they what they know and read what they're comfortable with and fear agent was never that book for for a lot of people but to see but to see that it's finally collected like this and and there and ready to be you know hopefully read years and years down the line is is pretty cool mhm so yeah it, it, it's what's nice about this is that through some inside baseball stuff, we got the sense that this second volume may never make it out. Right? We may never see it. I think there and, were a lot of yeah, a lot of hoops that had to get right. And through. so it's great to see that it is out. It's beautiful, as you said. It's it's. Uh, I genuinely hope the series continues to gain more and more fans over the years. It's uh, it is one of the it's one of the first times, and again, this predates us being friends. It's one of the first times. Where I thought to myself after listening to that uh, other little show you used to do, uh, uh, oh, this guy might know what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's it, I'm I'm like a broken clock. Yeah, that well, look that and um, uh, and lock and key uh, mm-hmm. are enough to keep you around for a while. Okay, for 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 another episode or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Uh, we always say, uh, we always say, uh, Tony Moore and, and Rick Remender, um, we don't say the, the names Jerome Pena and Mike, Mike Hawthorne enough mm-hmm. whenever we talk about Fear Agent, nor, uh, Hillary Barda, uh, who were all, 
uh, folks that were that were big parts of of Fear Agent. It wasn't just Rick and Tony. I mean, they were the I guess they were kind of the Lee and Kirby of of the series. But uh, but there were other people that uh, that were big contributors to it, and and definitely you know D- Jerome Pena such a badass i mean before he was doing you know punisher and you know what else is he whatever uh, titles he's done at marvel um what's he working on these days opania yeah oh that's a good question uh i mean that dude's a badass but this is one of the first books that that i really saw him strut his stuff and it's like wow this guy is awesome and uh you know same thing mike hawthorne has been has been a badass for a long time and uh to see him work on this series was really cool so yeah fear agent is one that you know in my you know if i were you know emperor for a day i would Mm -hmm. say this needs to be you know either a movie series or a high dollar TV show on sci-fi or you know Showtime or whatever. Agreed. It's such Agreed. such a such a great story. It's my dog. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. So go get that get that omnibus before both of the omnibi before they're they're out of print because I get a feeling that whenever they are out of print they're they're going to stay out of print would be my guess. So but you never know. So it looks like he's been doing just covers of late. Really? He's done covers to Fantastic Four, Kick-Ass, Punisher, Wolverine, Invaders, Magneto, all variants. Uh, he hasn't had a regular book since Infinity. That's a, that's a, I, I don't want to say that's a waste of talent, but I, I do interiors. Guys. Well, I, usually, I think interior maybe a, a, a creator-owned. That's something. what I was going to say. I was going to say, he, he, might, he might be working on something. Yeah, right. usually yeah, when sure. you have a, a multi-month absence from a guy that's been fairly regular and ascending to the top of the game it's because he's either working on a major marvel pro he's a marvel so i say marvel not because that's where he's at but he's working on a major marvel project that has yet to be unveiled and or as david alluded he's he's working on a creator so show the sheep because i found the fool when i string the man with the eye patch the eye patch when i'm walking it and could you make it's sniffs good. Punk show disguises while I'm standing on the wood. I be the end cause the brother holding glocks is out. I be the end cause the pusher running blocks is out. I be the end cause the kids smoking weed shooting see which leads to a girl's stomach being about a half a ton is out. Show the fingerprint and give me good grief for my lumber. Pants were sad cause my license cool. as a plumber feel the plug. Yeah. Dap, talk to us about the goodies you... I, um, well, like Jason, um, I've been, uh, reading some things on, uh, that are my comicsology library, and one of them, uh, there was a. Speaking of this all arrow centric episode, there was a uh, a Green Arrow, and and the like sale last week. A bunch of um, of comics for ninety nine cents, including um, Longbow Hunters and and uh, previous volumes of Green Arrow, uh, some Black Canary issues, and. Uh, Two Deadshot series and one from uh, the late 80s, which uh, like 86, 87, which um, I read when it first came out years ago. And uh, and I'm dying to reread because I'll see if it holds up or not. And the 
some some uh, issues of Suicide Squad, and the thing that really sunk to me because I have not read it in probably since it came out was the original first volume from 1991 of Deathstroke Terminator, written by Marv Wolfman, uh, with art by um, Steve Irwin and um, uh, Willie Blyberg, and this was this was one of the New Teen Titans spinoff. Uh, Vigilante would be another one, and it it's um, it does tie into events that happened prior to this first issue, and this this is the era of um, there's some footnotes in one of the issues where um, references Superman number fifty from back then when when Superman was coming out four times a month with the four different um, titles but it's 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 an early 90s dc book and it is uh, these first five issues are a um well the first four issues really are one arc and the fifth issue kind of ties up that first arc and um and leads to things that happen later um but the the i remember the covers beautiful covers by mike zach um that which blew my mind because to me Back then, Mike Zek was the Secret Wars guy, the Captain America guy, the the um, the, the Craven's Last Hunt guy. So mm-hmm. to see him working on something that wasn't GI Joe or a Marvel hero uh, blew my mind. So I, mm. I I love those covers. Zek is my dog, you know that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, so 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 the covers suck you in, but the story is very much um, about Slade. Um, Gives you his origins, ties up. Um, Marv Wolfman just basically said, "Listen, I, I created this character, or I co-created this character. Um, I know what he did um, in the early issues of the New Teen Titans. So um, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm basically going to kind of tie up." I want to be the anti Claremont and tie up some threads that uh, that have been dangling for um, for a decade or so. So this um, we we find out um, who was involved in um, maiming uh, Joe Wilson and and caused him to be mute. We find out uh, the connection between Hive and Grant Wilson. Uh, Slade's firstborn son, who was the who was the first Ravager, which uh, who fought the New Teen Titans in the um, in the early part of of that series, and it's it's um, this book is basically when it first was announced, I was I was a little worried that it was um, it was DC's answer to the Punisher, and and um, which is really what the Vigilante was, but it, it was I was just worried that they were going to, but take, so awesome. Well, yes, but I was, I, I was just, I'm reading the issue and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, I knew the issue, I knew the series was coming out. I was just, I didn't That Walt want... Simonson vigilante shit is awesome. Yes. Um, I was, I didn't want the character that I enjoyed so much to be diluted with an ongoing series or that they were going to try to make him a hero, even though he's, he, his services are, Leased out to the highest bidder, he doesn't do. He's not. He 
he doesn't do anything that makes him a bad guy. He's not trying to rob a bank. He's not trying to hurt people. He's just in it for the money. So he he's not he's not necessarily a nice person, but he is a a um, he's uh, he has morals, or I'll say I'll, he has uh, he has a code, and and um, and I just wanted to see that um, emphasized in this series. And I thought the series at the time and and it. I don't know if it holds up. There are some dated references. It, it's uh, it's the first Bush who's president during this series, and 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 that is referenced. Uh, but there are we, we basically see the relationship between Slade Wilson and his ex-wife, um, and and see how that relationship deteriorated, and 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 how it's not really going to get any better because the reason in the comics, not in the Arrow TV show, but the reason Slade Wilson is wearing an eye patch uh, is because his wife tried to kill him. Because mm-hmm. because Addie found out that uh, that not only basically blaming Slade for the death of their first son Grant, but because Slade Wilson um, can do no wrong and always has to be the better one, the, the, the better person in the room, thought he could save Joe Wilson, thought he could save his son, um, but actually ended up causing his son to, to – it wasn't fast. When, when Slade was given his powers, Slade's, um, Slade's enhanced reflexes and, and uh, his strength is because the government uh, took a bunch of sh- – took a bunch of soldiers and were um, shot them up with a serum. That was, no, well, see, oh. yeah. Or, or, and it wasn't super soldier <laughs> serum either. But, but the, the whole thing was um, they were trying to test a serum that allowed their soldiers to uh, withstand truth serum. Injection, so they wouldn't give oh, up okay. information, mm-hmm. and and his his uh, the chemicals in his body his, his body reacted to it, um, and not the way they they anticipated. So it gave him super strength. It enhanced his reflexes. So Slade Wilson was always always thinks faster, always reacts, always moves faster than everybody else. And when he when he tried to save his son Joseph, and he he Joseph's still alive. But lost his voice, and he had a beautiful voice because, of course, that's the irony of it all. But he, uh, when he lost his voice, Slade's ex-wife, Slade's wife at the time, went apeshit, and she tried to kill him. And if it wasn't for his reflexes, he'd be dead. And that's why he lost his eye. And Wintergreen, his his pal Friday, his his manservant, he um, he, this is written. The, the book is narrated pretty much by Wintergreen, and 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 we get excerpts from from Wintergreen's journal, and um, and there are times where Wintergreen actually wonders if Slade gave it a second thought and almost wanted to die, almost let Addie kill him, and then moved at the last second, and that's why he lost. Otherwise, he would have been able to definitely. He would have been able to, to avoid the bullet easily. Um, but the fact that it still hit him, Wintergreen wonders if, if he did actually want to die because of his actions and, and, and feeling guilty over it all. But it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of internal stuff going on in this book. Um, 
there's some mind games going on with Slade early on in the in, in the first arc, but it it just it really did remind it, it. This was a book back then when it was um it was kind of like on the Baxter paper. It was it was um it wasn't it wasn't a newsstand type. It wasn't a direct market book, but it wasn't it wasn't on the same shelf as um as Action Comics or mm-hmm. or uh, or Justice League. It was it was it was just it was a different. Yeah, it was. It, it, I don't want to say higher end, but it was. It wasn't the same seventy five or, or, or buck twenty five issue. Um, but it. It. I, I remembered most of what I read in these five issues. Some of the things were um, I had forgotten, and and not because they were bad, just because that that wasn't what I. Um, that wasn't what drew me into the book initially back in 1991. So it was, it's been it, that long ago. It has been that long ago. It, wow. it, 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 um, I mean, the art holds up, the art's fantastic. The, um, you just, you, you get some insight into Deathstroke that you really didn't get in the Teen Titans. Uh, but I just, I, I am a, I am a Deathstroke fan and, and it, it, it is, um, you got I, be loving life right now, man. Oh, dude, absolutely, and and yeah. I think, and I, it's it's, I'm I'm tempted to say that as long as I've been a Deathstroke fan, Deathstroke to me is probably maybe a smidge more, but I think is on the same level as Taskmaster is for Jason. Okay, nice. Well, I mean, I get that, yeah, I mean sure. they're they're based with. Them. I mean, they're <laughs> in a lot of ways the same character. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Except, well, I would say, and this may sound blasphemous given what a big Taskmaster fan I am, but but Deathstroke's a much more fully realized villain, I think. Uh, he It, it kind of gets back to my busting on people when they talk about Doctor Doom being such a great villain. <laughs> what has Taskmaster really ever done? I, I mean, I love him as a character. Again, I have a million. Oh, yeah, when he shows up, y'all, you're like, yes, that's great. But, yeah, it's 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 like arcade or yeah. Doom. A lot of Marvel villains—they don't actually ever do much villainous. Like they always get stopped before they pull things off. Right. Um, you know, Taskmaster doesn't, at least in the pages of the comic, doesn't kill very often. I still uh, need to read that Valente. Uh, that was great, but even in that, he's heroic in that. You know, okay. I mean, the premise of that is that he's actually a hero that gets amnesia. So it's it's. I mean, that that's a different. It's a wonderful take. I love that book, but it's not. It, that's not Taskmaster as a villain, right? And 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 in, in year and he's definitely become more of an anti-hero in recent years. Even you know, he was part of the Secret Avengers recently. It's 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 he, you know he's he's he was a, a, the trainer at the Avengers Academy. He's, right. he's had very heroic um, or non-villainous roles more than not in the last five six years. But but uh, but Deathstroke, on the other hand, is is is. Pure villainy. I mean, he's he's. Well, see, yeah, and and I don't. It's I was I was just telling Chris because you had to step, there. Yeah, to step away. Right, he has a he he has a he has a code. You know, he, uh, you know, he, he he. No doubt, but but he's also been more than happy to bang teenage girls and and to get them to do his will. Yes, he's yes. More than happy to put his own kids. But at, that was also risk. well, no, well. Well, he certainly That's put Rose weird. at risk. In John's yes. Teen Titans, he certainly put Rose. At yeah, risk. which I I didn't I, I wasn't I left John's Teen oh, Titans okay. probably after I the first John's year Teen or so. Titans. I liked I, I liked the first year or so. Um, but uh, there was the um, when he 
he does things for money and and if right exactly so there but he's not he's not just going to um blow up a school bus full of kids because mm-hmm. the i mean he may he may hold them hostage if the titans <laughs> have him cornered Right. And and that's his leverage, but he's not going to just you know okay it's Thursday let me go kill some people sure um, but which I is think- a good juxtaposition against Deadshot which is the other <laughs> homeboys that was a dark dark limited series man that was a I'm shocked at how horrendously bleak that that miniseries was yeah it was and that that was that miniseries was after. The Suicide Squad series started. Right. Um, I mean, I I've always enjoyed uh, Deadshot's look. I, I think with the, the the I don't know what it is with me and, and heroes who, whose mask cover, except for like Iron Fist. I love a character whose like entire face is but you just can't see it. So you picture uh, yourself in the costume, don't you, big boy? Oh, uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, uh, so so there's there's um, but I I, I remember reading uh, th- there were Don Newton issues. Of of Batman and Detective Comics, where Deadshot was was the villain, and and I just I loved the way that looked. So to see him, he was pretty much because it sure as hell wasn't Captain Boomerang. Mm-hmm. It was he was pretty much the reason why I wanted to check out Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. and um, and then to see him get his own miniseries, which I I need to read now because now that I know you read it, I, I got to jump on that. Um, the uh, to see that. And drawn by Luke McDonald, who I remembered from Iron Man when when Rhodey was big on Iron- Sean Pryor. If 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 we were to have one of those episodes where we talked about underappreciated artists, I would bet that Sean Pryor is number one to be Luke McDonald. That's I don't doubt it. I I I was a big Luke McDonald fan when he was on Iron Man. That then 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 he jumped on Justice League of America before um, during Legends and and when that series was wrapping up, uh, and to see him do Suicide Squad, which. Um, you know, it was it was a number one. It 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 spawned from the Legends miniseries, but it wasn't um, it wasn't the kind of of series that it wasn't an X Men or, mm-hmm. or Superman style book. It was it was Suicide Squad. It was a bunch of of, of D list villains and vixen, and and you just had that was the pitch. You know, basically if <laughs> they're, they're they're bad guys, and they have nothing to lose. And if they go astray, they're going to die. But Ostrander was writing it. Uh, McDonald was drawing it. I was definitely there to check it out in the beginning. And um, and I think, I, I think I'm going to read Deadshot before I go back to Suicide Squad. But, yeah, Deadshot, I, I just – I didn't realize before that miniseries just how, I don't know, messed up the dude was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so so you haven't reread the miniseries since you downloaded. No, no, not yet. I mean, there is. Jeez, I, I, I guess I won't get into it, but there, there, something happens in this book that I, I just am flabbergasted by. I, I don't even think talk about how comics have changed. I know in a lot of ways, people view comics today as written with a more mature bent and more modern. I, I, there's something that happens in this book that I don't think. Either of the big two would have in a book today. Okay. I, I don't think they would really? even come close to touching it. Yeah, I don't. I was floored that it actually happened the way that it was portrayed in this book. Oh, no, no. all right, all right. I'm going to. That is all right. I'm going to start that 
tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, but I thought it was really. I mean, th- that being said, I, this it was new to me. I read it today. Four issue miniseries. Ostrander. I, have, I love the I covers. Have, yes, have, yes, <laughs> the one through four. I have read the a bunch of the Ostrander Suicide Squad. So, as you said, this this really fits right into that. Um, but it 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 definitely raised Deadshot's game in my eyes. Nice. Um, the only real extended exposure I have had to Deadshot outside of the Suicide Squad was in Gail Simone's. Secret Six. Oh, Secret Six. Six. Secret yeah. Six was fantastic. He, he and in was, that, he's not all the cold-blooded, heartless mm. bastard he is in this. Yeah, okay. Well, no, again, that, yeah. this is my point. In, in Secret Six, he, he, has, he is definitely cold-blooded, but he, he has a love interest. Mm-hmm. He has loyalty to his, his, his friends in the Six. He does you know, prove, prove his loyalty there on several occasions, uh, at least for a good chunk of the series. Uh, in in this, he, he there are things that happen to him and that he does that are just they would make the Punisher blush. Damn! Well, cool. I'm, getting, I'm getting on that. But it was it was beautifully drawn, like you said. Luke Luke's art is a forgotten. He's a forgotten guy. Deserves more yes. credit. Yes. Uh, the art still holds up well. I think he could he could be drawing comics today and it would work fine. Nice. Um, again, my only criticism of the book, which is something that is just endemic of the time is the coloring doesn't hold up. Um, oh, okay. And that's just the process has improved so much over time. Uh, but but I thought it was engaging. I thought it was tragic. Are, are there definitely some ham-fisted moments? It's a very sexual book and ve- in a very chauvinistic, heartless way. I, I don't know if Ostrander is a, is a, a guy's guy or what he's like in that regard, but I, for someone that was... It's hard for me to believe that the same guy that created The Wall... A strong <laughs> female character that's in charge, and and not because of her physical charms. It's hard for me to believe that that's the same guy that wrote this series because he puts women in some very stereotypical positions in in this miniseries. Hmm. That interesting. That are a little bit cringeworthy. But outside of that, there were some legitimate holy shit moments. There is a moment in I think the third issue that I couldn't believe happened. I, I genuinely was mouth on the floor. All right. Well, guys, as much fun as it's been tonight, I think we need to we need to bring the train into the station here. All righty. Yeah. So I um, enjoyed this episode of Raging Bullets. <laughs> I know it's been very deep. Yeah. How DC focused has this been? First time in a long time. Oh, uh, uh, you had to go and ruin it with Fear Agent. Oh yeah. Well, keeping yeah. people guessing. Yeah, no one knows what they're <laughs> that's, that's right. True. That's true. Um. But uh, you don't have to guess about good prices on comic books. Yay! Vince will like that one. That's right. Uh, because you can uh, you can get all of the comics that we've talked about and more at uh, Discount Comic Book Service. That's right, DCB Service. Go there, order your comics, get great discounts, get great shipping, um, get great packaging and great comic book friends, and life is good. Um you you know them by now, um, and in your travels, um, it's not DC, but it is Vertigo, and it's uh, I think one of the one of the last great Vertigo titles, and and certainly one that we've talked about a lot on the show. Uh, the sixth hardcover volume, 
has just come out, and it is the uh, the Tales of American Vampire. Uh, it's the Lost Tales, I guess, is uh, is what they're collecting, and so it is. Uh, um, filling in some gaps and introducing some new characters, and I can't wait to get it uh, here in the next day or so. I'm going to gobble it up like everything else American Vampire related. It's, uh, of course, Scott Snyder and Raphael Albuquerque's uh, fantastic uh, vampire tale, and uh can't wait to dig in. So uh, I know Jason will probably be reading it, so I, uh, I have a feeling we'll probably be talking about it soon. The second, the, the first issue of the new arc is terrific and Albuquerque's art he's definitely taking a different approach he's he's going for a lot looser take this time out really interesting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. love his love his art love Albuquerque's art and that's you know what a what a sneaky good series that's been for, for actually a good long time now yeah no question so, all right so that's my in your travels uh, my in your travels is not from DC, uh, but it what? is by P- I know, but it is by people who worked for DC, who yeah. have done mm-hmm. work for DC. Everybody's uh, worked for DC. That is true, including JRJR. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, it is the sixth issue. Actually, you should read the whole series, but it, as of right now, the sixth issue was released last week of the Private Eye by. Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin and uh, Munster Vicente. And it is um, – it. what I love about Private Eye is that because they're all in Comic Zale on my iPad, if, if it has been a while between issues and I, I, I'm not quite – because what's awesome is that they don't need a previously in – they don't need a recap page. I'll just – Swipe back a few and and see where I left off. So I'm not I'm not too upset about you know a a a long lapse between issues, um, but the st- the story is still um, going strong. I believe we're about halfway there. So I, I'm guessing this 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 arc or this story. I don't know if it, it, it all twelve. Apparently, it's a twelve part story. So I don't know if that means that's just the first arc or if that's it for the private eye and then they'll move on to something else from the panel syndicate. But um, this is uh there's still a mystery going on um there's the art is still gorgeous and what i thought was extremely neat uh not in the issue itself but what what the crew has decided to do is when you go to panelsyndicate.com and you go to buy your issues and again it's still name your own price whatever you feel like paying you can pay uh but what they decided to do Although this is a little weird, if it's a twelve issue series, uh, they have released a volume one, which you can get the entire file, issues one through five, plus some material from the making of special that came out a couple of months ago. Uh, so, one hundred fifteen pages will get you the first five issues and some bonus material, and uh, and you'll be up to date all in one file. Or you can just buy the five issues. And the making of, if you want it. Uh, so I mean, it's still. It, I think it's still an awesome deal. But it's. Um, it's. It's. There's. There've been some interesting um, uh, turns in this issue, and and right. I was a little bent because there seemed to be some action moving along right before, like the third to last page. So I want 
the seventh issue now. So I mean, Ed, that's that's to me that's a good thing that that they're still keeping me um, on the edge of my seat, and and I want more. So hats off to them. It's it's, it's still a beautiful book. Um, I I cannot wait to sit down and just reread Shotgun. The uh, maybe the entire issue is up to now, or I'll just reread it again once it's all done. But I'm I'm still really enjoying the Private Eye. You should too. Yeah. You damn straight you should. Yep. Good stuff. You damn skippy. Let me know, Martin. All right, Jace. Uh, last but not least, in your travels, be sure to pick up an oversized hardcover by our friends at Image Comics uh, of a work called Noah. Those of you that know me know I am not a religious man, <laughs> so it may be surprising that I'm recommending this. And yes, as I've recently found out after reading it, apparently it is in some way tied to the Noah movie that's out. Uh-huh. Aronofsky, though, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I have not seen the movie. I, I know the movie has been getting ripped to shreds. Uh, I know Darren Aronofsky is involved in the movie. I, I cannot speak to the movie or, or whether it's close to what I've seen in this book, but this is a massively oversized, beautifully packaged hardcover OGN by image. Story is by Darren Aronofsky and Ari Handel. Uh, art by which, and, and the artist is what got me to, to buy the book, which is Nico Henrikin. Oh, yeah, uh, I may be saying the name wrong, but but the uh, I best know him from his work with Brian K. Vaughan on Pride of Baghdad. But this is, as you might imagine, and I think the movie is of the same, it, it is a modern interpretation of the Noah's Ark uh, story. I almost called it a myth, but some of you may be offended by that, the story. Um, the, the, and again, I, 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 I suspect that what I've read in the comic is very much like the screenplay for the movie, but I don't uh, know for sure. Uh, but in the comic, it's, it's a post-apocalyptic, desolate quasi-Earthian world. It's not necessarily Earth. And uh, Noah and his family um, need to find a way to survive in the oncoming deluge that's, 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 that's happening. And I found it to be terrific. It's, if you take it for what it is, which is in, in Aronofsky's vision of science fiction post-apocalyptic story, it's right up my alley. Um, again, I make no judgments about whether this comic differs greatly from the movie. But I will say this, if the movie is tightly tied to the, this comic that I read, I, I think the movie is going to be better than people are saying it's going to be. Um, but either way, this book is gorgeous. Uh, it's twenty nine ninety nine cover price. So you figure, what, 16 17 bucks from the various and sundry places you're likely to look for it. And uh, as this typical image has got another winner on their hands, it's, it's just a gorgeous book. Uh, it's, it's, it's just beautifully illustrated and uh, I, I certainly, it was a very quick read for given the size of it. I, I read it in two days. It was terrific. So, um, hook, hook, hook it up if 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 you're religious or not. It's worth your time. Nice, nice. All right, you got my dogs all freaked out. There's some God fearing dogs around here, apparently. No <laughs> doubt, right? <laughs> Seriously, all right, throw some holy water on real quick. Uh, all right, cool. Um, uh, everyone, Vince will be back next week. I may not be. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be Kerwin. It's the end of end of year Kerwin tournament, so I'm I'm probably Kerwin next Wednesday. So, uh, but you guys will you guys will keep everyone entertained. 
Indeed, we will. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. So, always, always a nice little change of pace. So, uh, I appreciate everyone uh, out there for uh, for listening and uh, continuing to to support the the EOC. Go and uh, continue the conversation on the forum. We always enjoy that. Uh, some great uh, topic uh, uh, continuation from from last week with Jason's um, still uh, still relevant or still holds up. Uh, topic and uh, and got some got some nice replies to that and and expanded the conversation which you can always do that at the forums which are where David eleven o'clock comics dot com or bullpenbulletinspodcast dot com slash forum exactly and uh, we always uh, we always appreciate uh, an iTunes review if you have uh, mm-hmm. yet to do that and uh, we mentioned discount comic book service if you uh, become a new uh, customer at DCB service uh, please let them know that uh, that you heard about them on the show and that's uh, what what led you to them we appreciate that it's always mm-hmm. good uh, when our sponsors know that uh, that their money is is being well served and uh, and uh, other than that just uh, have have a great week. Uh, come back uh, next week and, and listen to more fun comic book talk. You know, I appreciate it, guys. Have Go a good Daniel one. Brian. Hmm? Go Daniel Bryan. Word. Yes. 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 Who's that? Oh, and a quick shout-out. Congratulations to our good buddy Matt Templar-Burden. Oh, yeah. As we, as we alluded last week on the end of the show that he was going to be participating in a stand-up competition. He was the winner. So he will actually be on television. That's uh, cool. In the coming months. Yes. That's cool. And he's got some gigs coming up. He's got some and, gigs, yeah. Yeah. And uh uh him when. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next week uh we've got some uh, some Kickstarter stuff to talk about, some uh some friends of the show that has some Kickstarter stuff going on. Uh Mr. Dave Dwanch. Yes. Wanna get into that a little bit more. That looks awesome. Yeah, some good looking stuff. So uh even though I may not be here, you guys uh, have to remember to, to to chat that up a little mm-hmm. bit. So mm-hmm. lots of exciting stuff going on. It's, uh, speaking of Kickstarter, I can't wait to get my Lady Saber stuff from, uh, I from know. Greg Rucka. Oh, and, uh, and, um, a few people, uh, tweeted me or, or Facebook messaged me about the, uh, the news about Queen and Country. It act- this thing might happen. What might happen? Uh, Ellen Page is signed up to play Terra Chase and she's, really oh, you mean a movie or a television Yeah, show? yeah, oh, the TV, yeah, t- or, a uh, 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 movie. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Ellen Page is is uh, heavily involved with it. Not not just signed up to 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 act in it, but is is involved in the production of it. So it sounds like she's she's ready to to be the the female version of Jason Bourne, which is is what that series should be. So uh, excited about that. So very yeah, cool good stuff. So all right, um, have a good one, folks. He's out. He's out. Mm. He's out. He's out. He's out.